Are you drinking pre-workout right now? Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that what the show's become? It's a workout for you to get through now? No, it's... Um, I had two coffees and... Uh, man, the nights that I work, I just fucking exhausted in the morning. But uh, I do coffees and I was like, I don't want to have another coffee, but I was like, I will work out, you know, somewhat short after the the recording so yeah, let's get it done get a little hydration in there get a little caffeine little vitamins i like it all righty everybody it's wednesday september 2nd it's uh a bit, it's a bit dreary out. It doesn't look like it's raining outside my window anymore, but it was raining this morning. Um, my name is Jacob Eman. Here with me today and every day is David Patrick Fleming. You are listening to Underdogs. David, just so you know, it isn't Groundhog Day today. Oh, you're going to tell people I thought it was Groundhog Day? <laughs> <laughs> it was a slight mental lapse. I told you that my mind's a bit wonky right now. Why? I saw September the 2nd and I thought... Oh, is the groundhog gonna pop out? What <laughs> What did you think it was gonna say? Like, s- yeah, more more months of summer, or if winter's yeah. coming early, pop out of the hole and say, "Keep your bathing suits at the ready, folks. Summer is going to continue." I'd like that. We need that. Or maybe he was gonna come out and say, "Just so you know, it rains for a little bit every fucking day. Yeah, every day, every day it rains a little bit. It doesn't rain all day, but at some point." Every day for like the last month, it's rained for at least 10 minutes, 15 hour. Oh, well, I don't know. You're looking at me. Why you've got a like problem with that. that. I don't believe that, first of all, but I also don't understand why <laughs> you have a problem with that. I don't like it. It's just like a little bit of like spit in your face every day. It's like we can't just have a nice sunny day. Look, I am ripped on pre-workout right now. So full caveat, I'm going to say a lot of things that don't mean anything, but I just need to get the energy out. Okay. Okay. I get it. Um, but David, the, the, the world, Toronto, the plants, they need a bit of rain. We can't have drought all the time. I've actually thought that it's been kind of unusually dry. When I saw the rain this morning, I was like, oh, good. We needed some rain. But apparently, you're you're seeing the rain every day that I'm not. Every day. I see it on the inside. I see it on the outside. It rains a little bit every day. I haven't had to water my plant out on my deck for a while because of all the rain. Right. What about the... Yeah, okay. I, maybe, maybe it doesn't... I only go out of the house, I guess, like two times a day. I go yeah, out. if I'm not working, I won't have even one breath of fresh air a day. I don't step outside. And I, and I know I'm going to regret that once the weather gets shitty, but... I'm in this rhythm where I'm, I'm not even going outside. And this has nothing to do with the virus. It has to do <laughs> with just like the, the, the rhythm that I found myself in once we started doing this every day. And what, do, what does this show have to do with it? Oh, you, you're, you're upset that I'm blaming, I'm blaming the podcast. Yeah, I don't understand how, that, how doing this show in the morning makes you be like, I'm all not, right, I'm, I don't need to go outside <laughs> now. <laughs> I've already accomplished something. Time to go to bed. Oh, okay. So it's uh, I'm not saying I'm not saying that it it has to do with the show. I'm just giving it context that since we started doing this, that's been the case. Right. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to pry any further into we're that. We're missing out. We're missing out on the summer here. Well, I've actually. I feel like part of the reason I haven't wanted to go outside is because I get. I've been overwhelmed by the summer. It's been too hot. I don't like. I don't like when it's. If it's above thirty degrees, I don't like it. 
it's been so nice out lately. It's been like mid twenties. Yes. Rain every day, yes. but still. This this past week has been my favorite temperatures so far when when we're in that like when i can go outside and put pants on and a t-shirt it's like 22 degrees or something or 20 20 degrees with a little breeze that's what i'm talking about well that's why i said i love september and you said it terrifies you you said there's doom with september yes so. yes but that's maybe 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 i mean more like early october late september right now it's still okay it's still okay, but once once the sun starts, once it starts getting dark at like seven o'clock, then I start getting depressed because it just keeps getting darker and darker and darker. You want you want to talk about the Blue Jays? No. All right. <laughs> well, what else you got? Because I got nothing else. I got nothing else either. Why don't you romance me with the game diary? Why don't you take me through just a a beautiful rendition of last night's game wow you're 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 inspiring me here i feel like i've got to <laughs> i've got to give a bit of a different delivery now i don't know if it'll be good though but beautiful romantic beautiful bold sensual okay yelly okay yelly <laughs> i i was i was going against that okay i'm i i gotta get you out of my head there's too many conflicting <laughs> notes going on <laughs> I've got like a bad director in the theater. He's telling me one thing, wants me to do another. He gave me a different note yesterday. What do you want from me? I want you to excite me with romance and yelling. Okay. Well, David, it is time for the game diary. I'm not going to lie, I was pretty into the first half of Game 2 of the Raptors Celtics series, but the people need Blue Jays, and the people need Game Diaries, so I have to give the people what they need. We are wearing the new blue jean stained white jerseys again, and I'm not thrilled. Also, feel like I've got COVID again. Vigio smacks a double, and I gotta focus here. New Blue Jay, Jonathan VR is up, and I gotta see what he's bringing to dinner. Need a little caffeine boost, so I'm drinking cherry vanilla coke. Ooh wee, that's smooth, delicious flavor. Johnny gets the job done and cashes in Biggio from third. As Buck reminds us, well he's a ball player. Blue Jays one, COVID fish zero. Julian Merriweather, the bringer of K, is on the bump tonight. Man, he looks methodical, like a surgeon or like one of those freaky deaky professional pool players. He breezes through the inning, bringing one K. Second inning, he adds two more Ks. I don't know who likes this guy more, me or Buck. Buck sounds like he wants to fuck this dude. Robbie Ray, the new Blue Jay, comes in and blows away some Marlin with a strikeout. He's throwing first pitch strikes too, but... Oh, hold on. Yeah, that's a dinger to straightaway center. But he's throwing strikes. I'm very stressed for him right now. He comes back from that with another strikeout. Though, and another strikeout. But after that, feast or famine. And I'm feasting because it's Taco Tuesday. I'm also getting a lot of text about whether I'm watching the Raptors game or not, and if my spoiler alert algorithm is in effect yet. I watched the last 30 seconds of the Raptors game and they lose. Brutal. Back to my birds though. Rowdy single. Guriel gets a call go his way and maybe a foul is called a fair for a double. Second and third, one out. Shaw is up, so obviously I'm not confident. I am obsessed with these ads behind the plate on either side of home plate. Hair club. All caps, big block letters. 
I don't know what hair club is, but I would love to be a part of it. Shaw walks. Base is juicy. Derek Fisher sack fly. Rowdy scores 2-1 Toronto. Robbie Ray's back out, and the walk isn't a problem, but Marlins are hitting it really hard when they do make contact. It's concerning. All right, so so Robbie walked a guy after that. And, and, and just get off his ass, people. He's going to be fine. I would happily fist fight the writer, director, or any of the actors in those fucking Noom commercials. It's amazing. I'm learning how the brain works. But not just any brain. My brain. Bottom of six, Starling Marte on on a VR error at short. I think it was the first ball that came his, his way this game. A man named Cooper slugs a ball to the alley and Marte scores from first tie game 2-2. Robbie Ray's night is done. Not so bad. Marlins grab the lead on a monster ding-dong from Starling Marte in the top of the eighth. Yamaguchi keels over. He looks like he's going to puke. He's watching the ball go out between his legs behind him. Now I want to puke after watching Travis Shaw charge a ball and throw barehanded to first. It's like seeing your father dance or like try to play video games or Keanu Reeves doing a new Bill and Ted movie. Yuck! 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 And then the game is over. Just like that. Blue Jays lose. Clean it up, guys. Oh, man, those Noom commercials are horrendous. It's not a quick fix. It's psychology. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> they drive me insane. They play Ooh. every single commercial, but I can't stand it. And they're so vague, and they just want you to click on their website, and it's so clear that, like, it, it's so unclear what it actually is. <laughs> it's psychology, it David. Like, it sounds like it's like hip, like a hypnosis to stop eating so much. <laughs> I'm kind of interested. <laughs> <laughs> no, it makes you want to click. That's what I hate because it's so vague. Yeah. Um, so the Blue Jays, uh, this, is, this is still a team that's going to beat itself from time to time. You know, a team that is just over the edge of 500, a little bit in the direction of good versus bad. Um the offense didn't give a lot, so the pitching has to be pretty much perfect to win in these kind of games. And, uh, you know, it, it does still look like we should make the playoffs, but things can change really, really quickly. And next week, we'll, we will be playing some tougher teams, starting with the Yankees, then the Mets, then the Phillies. So all that being said, David, what are your expectations of this team if they do make the playoffs? And what are some fair expectations? What are my expectations if they do make the playoffs? Yeah. I don't think I have any expectations after they make the playoffs. I think it's just get into the playoffs and then hope to catch lightning in a bottle. Right. But that's what I was saying yesterday when, it was, when you said uh, that these are low-risk acquisitions like with Robbie Ray. And if any player costs you a loss, I'm not saying he did yesterday. I, don't, I, I thought he was you know, fine. Yeah, but I'm saying if any player costs you a loss, like I think if they get into the playoffs, they're going to get in by a game, two games maybe. These game, this is go time. This is the crunch right now. They are only a half game up on the Tigers. We can say whatever we want about the Tigers being garbage, but they're not here. Here they are as well, playing good. And the games like last night, all these one run games for the Blue Jays. At some point, you're not going to win every one run game and that's the the pendulum starting to switch in that direction but for me in terms of them getting to the playoffs i don't have a lot of expectations after that but i want them to get there i want them to have a crack at you know tampa bay right whoever it is yeah i, right. I got confidence that we could 
that we could uh, have a good series against Tampa Bay. Okay, so so right now, I guess, yeah, we're we're in line to play a best of three series against the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, yeah, given what we've seen from how we play Tampa this year, I guess that is that that seems pretty favorable. I kind of expected that it would be um, we would play the other worst worst team first in a wild card game, and then from there you go and get to play the the Yankees or the Rays as the number one team, but there you go. So if we get swept, you know, I guess getting swept, if we lose two in a row to to the Tampa Bay Rays, that's, that's, that's not, is that a disappointment to you if we make, if we get it that far? I mean, I guess you have to see the games. You have to see how they lose, but of course it's a disappointment when you're a fan of a team and they get into the playoffs and they lose. It's, it's absolutely a disappointment, but I don't expect them to beat Tampa Bay at this point. Right. Could they? Yes. For do sure. I hope they do? Yes. But it it's not a, but you know, then when you watch the games if there's three base running mistakes, four errors, a pitcher gets shelled, then yeah, you're like, "Oh, you could have fucking won that game." Yeah. But assuming they're well-played games and they lose, there's no extra disappointment to that. Right. I want to talk uh, just for a second about a comment that Buck Martinez uh, said about Jonathan VR continuing to hit at the top of the order. I think he said that when Bo Bichette comes back, it should be Cavan, then Bo, then Jonathan VR. What do you, what do you think about that, David? I guess I, I just think is it because he's left-handed and you want to keep giving the pitcher new looks at the top of your order? I, I, I was surprised that he was batting third last night. Like he comes on this team. This team's offense has been pretty good. And he shows up and he's batting third. And he must be like, Whoa, what? I'm not very good. <laughs> Why am I batting third? <laughs> but I, I I don't like that. I don't like that at all. No. Uh no, it doesn't it doesn't make much sense. I think he would give way more length at the bottom of your yeah. order so that you wouldn't have to go through this like murky swamp at the end of the Blue Jays order where nothing really happens. Yeah. It would give it more length. It'd be great. I think Kevin turn the lineup over. Kevin Barker, I think, said to bat him ninth. And when I heard that, I thought that's a little extreme. I don't think he's ninth hitter. But then I was thinking about it a bit more. And I and I thought because, you know, we've still got Reese McGuire and Danny Jansen that need to bat somewhere. But then I was thinking, maybe it does actually make some sense having him in that bottom third and even hitting ninth is kind of that turn the lineup over guy. And if he is on base, he's dangerous on the base pass for the best hitters that you have on the team. Because as soon as he, he's like that bridge hitter who takes you to the top of the order, takes you to Mm Bichette, takes you to Bichette. And it's a lot better to have, like if, if something's cooking in the inning and your ninth hitter is Reese McGuire, well, that's like a national league pitcher hitting. Yeah. Bunt, but if Bunt you have City. VR, then you've got, you know, it turns it. It's almost like the nine becomes the one yeah. in that moment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I, I, I I am coming around to that idea and we'll see we'll see what happens as as it goes along. But I think I mean I get why Charlie's gonna bat him third in his first game here, you know, introduce him to the club, say we got confidence in you, we went out and got you, we think you're a good ball player. We'll give you a chance to 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 be bad enough to get moved down the lineup as we go along here, you know? 
Yeah, I don't know about that because then what if then tonight, let's say bats eighth, and what's he supposed? How's he supposed to interpret that? Take a look at the lineup. Say, does he think he's a better hitter than Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? No, but they seem like they're quick friends. Feel like they knew each other before. They were chatting all game, yeah, yucking it up. Yeah, yeah. Nice to see him and and Tay Oscar and the three yeah. of them kind of hanging together. It, it, he does seem like he's gonna fit right in with these young guys. Yeah, he's like, we can just run whenever. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so we've 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 got a spot for him at the bottom of the lineup. Um. We'll see. I, I don't know what's going to happen if he's going to move over to third. I thought it was also very interesting, them talking last night. Charlie apparently saying that if we're going to do something at third, it's going to be Biggio that's going to go over to third, and we would put VR at second. And, you know, that kind of got me a little bit excited. I You know, I, I love Biggio. I think he can pretty much play anywhere. You don't really notice him being amazing at any of the positions, but always just seems good everywhere he goes. So why not send him over there? I mean, we have to see what he looks like at third base, but I think that helps out a lot because VR is more comfortable playing second base. You don't want to move Bo off a shortstop. Absolutely not. And yeah, I mean, Bijou's played first base. So he's played a corner infield position. I know it's not the same, but... I believe in Biggio's ability to adapt to a new position and to be, you know, like a an adequate, an adequate fielder. Yeah. And if he's the only thing for me, like I, I'm all good with all of that. Like go play here, go play here, go play here, go play here. As long as it doesn't fuck with them offensively, as long as they're not carrying that, the being in the process mm-hmm. of trying to figure out something new to the plate and then it affects them. So if he goes to third base and he 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 is fine but he sucks at the plate or something or he's just like getting off himself. Yeah. Then I don't want that. But as long as that's fine, as long as Biggio like genuinely is excited and happy to play third base and he's not just saying yes to be a good teammate or try to be a hero or try to prove to himself that he can do it, as long as he genuinely wants to do it, put him at third base. Yeah. My money says that he probably would be excited about that. I think that anyone on the team that like kind of puts... I've never even considered playing Bijou at third, really. But then when I heard that, the whole team just seemed way better to me. You know, it's a way to yeah, not just have sort of Shaw. Like everyone thinks slots into the right place. Yeah. yeah, and I also just, you know, I love the... You know, we have to we have to bridge a gap to whoever the, the incumbent, the next hero at third base is going to be and... You know, Biggio isn't necessarily what you think of. Um, to me, when I think of like a, you know, like a big, powerful, like awesome, cocky third baseman, you know. Yeah. But I, I, I would be surprised if it affected him at the plate, given what I've seen of him going to center field, going to right field. You know, if, I, I don't, I haven't noticed that that has affected him at the plate on those games. So. Yeah, but I don't need him to be the big. Bopper, Arenado, Matt Chapman, Alex Bregman, third baseman. He could be like a kind of unique third baseman who has a great on-base percentage, has some power, doesn't hit for the kind of average that those dudes hit. And that actually, I because you're saying bridge the gap to third base, but like, what if what if he just slots in well there? What if he is the guy? What if he what if he is uh, the third baseman? And then let's say. Austin Martin is an outfielder. Yeah. And then everything 
moves <clears> off of that. Well, I'm cool with that too. I'm just I'm curious that we that we haven't seen it yet. If it's a it's if it's a viable thing that they think is possible. Well, I think they had to. I think the VR thing kind of forces that, but I think it was also you had to have shot chance and I've seen enough. You know, yeah, I've seen enough too. <laughs> Tap out, hit the buzzer on the voice. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't need to see it anymore either because I, it would be fine for them to let Shaw play it out if the season was, you know, that was clearly they were not going to make the playoffs. But this is crunch time and I do not need to see him anymore. Yeah, it is crunch time. But then is that also the time that you put in a guy who doesn't play third base to give it a shot? <laughs> Maybe. From what I saw last night, when he made that that play, running in, barehanding it to throw it to first. At first, they thought it was they thought it was an out. The replay review, definitely not. But I, I, I honestly, you know, I got a little bit nervous when Vlad made that same play last season. But at least like the end of it was exciting because Vlad's cannon, once he got the ball, if he could get the ball in his hand, it was probably going to be an out. It's just a matter of whether or not he had the dexterity to catch it barehanded and, you know, kind of reach down to the ground and whether or not he was flexible enough to touch the ground. But that that play to me is exciting anyway, even when the, the fielder is really capable. I find that a really difficult thing to catch the ball barehanded. Even when Donaldson does it, oh. Arenado does it, it's it's a very exciting and stressful it's, play to It's one off. of the most exciting plays to happen on defense, in my opinion. But seeing Travis Shaw attempt it last night, it was one of the most uncomfortable things I had ever witnessed. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I know. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> I don't know why I find that so funny. This man's just out there trying to do what he knows how to do. Try to help a team win and you find it disgusting. I was imagining I was imagining Ross and Mark kind of watching the game and like looking at each other. As if they had never, like, because he hasn't been tested in that way a lot. There hasn't been a lot of times where he's had to try and make that play. But anytime he does wonder, have to make, like, a, a pretty athletic play at first, at, at third, it it's it looks really uncomfortable. Maybe they're hoping that he got injured <laughs> because it would just make it all a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. uh, it would, like, there wouldn't have to be any awkwardness in the clubhouse or anything like that. And they could he could just not play anymore. Yeah. Well, we can hope for that, but I, you know, we we got to start hearing we got to start hearing that 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 Biggio's taking some ground balls at third because right now we're hearing Vlad's doing it. But let's uh, let's let's I want to see it. You want to see it. Everybody wants to see it, right? Yeah, let's make it happen. Biggio to third. Yeah. Okay. I want. I got. I got. I got a thing here. I want to ask you about. Um. As the dust is now sort of settling on the trade deadline, we've had a couple of days away from it. Do you feel disappointed now to have not gotten someone like Clevenger or, or Clevenger specifically? I mean, was this was it really the right time to get a guy like him? It sort of feels like we all got wrapped up. I got wrapped up in kind of turning him into our Messiah, this guy who was going to come and you know t take the Jays to the next next level but there's really only so many wins there's only so much war that one pitcher can give us and he's great 
But does he make us a World Series contender? No, I don't think so. Is there? A, He's not even ranked as a top 10 starting pitcher. Yeah, I know, but we all got so excited because there's years yeah. and he's good, but like... Well, when you watch him pitch, he's an exciting guy. Beyond numbers, he's just an exciting guy to watch pitch too. And, you know, you got the hair. Yeah. You got his relationship with Bauer's online presence. Yeah. But at the cost that the Padres paid to get him, I'm not disappointed that we didn't get him. Right. This is basically six players. Yes. Can you imagine just gutting the farm system for Mike Clevenger? No. No. You gut the farm system for a young Max Scherzer. You gut the farm system for a young Justin Verlander, somebody of that level. Not like a top 15. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just kind of an interesting because we were, I feel like we were so gung-ho about it, but now with a bit of time, I'm like, trust 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 mark and ross you know they they're building you know they t- ross talks about it on tim and sid yesterday they're building a team that is going to be contending for years and we need to have that deep farm system because guys are going to start to underperform guys are going to need to be replaced and we're going to keep having this crop of guys that keeps coming in keeps injecting the team with new good players so, I mean, I think that we were so gung-ho about Clevenger because we have some pretty good prospects and we thought it would cost one of them. Mm-hmm. Like it was like, oh, could we part with Austin Martin and get Mike Clevenger? Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's a good idea. Could we part with Jordan Groshans and get Mike Clevenger? Maybe. And then you could throw in some lesser prospects. But I think it would have cost at least two of the top guys. Well, and but apparently not ones. because, yes, the Padres gave up a lot of volume but they didn't give up any top five from their system. They gave a t- they gave one top ten, the ninth guy, and they have five dudes in the top one hundred prospects list, and they didn't give any of those guys. But each team values every other team's prospects differently. So just because the Blue Jays say this guy is my whatever rank, the other team can look at it at differently. So just because that was the deal that was with the Padres doesn't mean that that's what was being asked of the Blue Jays. Mm -hmm. It could have been completely different. And I would imagine if the deal made sense, they would have got it done. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're probably right about that, but maybe they also, maybe they know stuff about Clevenger that we don't. Yeah, totally. I mean, they know him. Yeah. He came up through Cleveland. Exactly. And so, you know, I'm I'm not so disappointed anymore. Initially, I was. I was like, I wanted to I wanted to be all in. I miss the Anthopolis days. It's time to push the chips in, but it's not. It's not. And there's going to be guys. There's going to be guys next year at the deadline where it's going to make a bit more sense. There's going to be free agents to go after. Um. So Trevor Bauer, man, Trevor Bauer, Trevor Bauer, 2021. Mm-hmm. Yes, Trevor Bauer 2021, but we also have to think, okay, so next year at the deadline, there are going to be a ton of superstars potentially available who are going to be hitting free agency the summer after that. I'm talking guys like, let's, let's, let's talk a little Freddie Freeman, a little Anthony Rizzo, a little Nolan Arenado, Chris Bryant, Francisco Lindor, Javier Baez. Corey Seager, Trevor Story, shortstops galore, 
pitchers like Noah Syndergaard, Max Scherzer, Granke, Verlander, Archer, all of these guys are potentially going to be free agents. Now, that said, a lot of those guys play for contenders, or at least contenders right now, so they might not be available at the deadline. But I don't want them at the deadline, though, if they're just going into free agency. Like I don't want just like a late season rental. I want those guys to stick. I want to get those guys in the next offseason on deals, mm-hmm. like multi-year deals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair. But you got to start somewhere, you know? But like you were saying yesterday or the day before, I can't remember what player you were talking Oh, you were talking about Bauer, that you'd rather pay him money than prospects. And that's what I'd rather. Rather them just open up the wallet, get one of those guys. And there's a few of those guys make a lot of sense. Some of them, not so much. But open up the wallet. Don't give them your prospects. Unless the player coming in uh, blocks one of your good prospects. Yeah. And like if Groshans plays third or something and you went after Arenado or something like that, like then you could, yeah. Yeah, but that's what we don't know. That's what we don't know. I don't know where Groshans is at. I have no idea. But the third base is that big concern. Third base and, and another big-time starter. So, you know, you look at after Bauer. You know, we're getting a look at Robbie Ray right now. He's going to be a free agent uh, coming up. And we're going to have a relationship with him. If, if, if we figure him out, that's a big dude. You could probably get him for cheap, too, because of the way he struggled. Yep. Tanaka's going to be a, a free agent. So injury prone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Stroman. That'll never happen. We've already talked about that. I don't think that'll ever happen. I don't happen. think so either. Jose Quintana. <laughs> yeah. Kluber. He's got a club option. It's not it's not exciting after Bauer is is yeah. is is part of the problem going into next year. I'm not as gung ho on the idea that we need another like big dog starter as you are. Mm-hmm. I think there's some interesting options on this team, and I think that if Nate Pearson can be healthy, get a full season behind him, start to see some awesome stuff from him, Merriweather, Anthony Kay, Shoemaker healthy. Less excited <laughs> about Shoemaker healthy. Sure, sure, but like as the list goes down, the, the excitement drops. Yes. But not a bad, not a bad amount of potential in those guys. Did you say Merriweather? I did. Okay, yeah. good. Okay, good. <laughs> All right. Well, David, there were a couple of guys let go. A couple of guys designated for an assignment. We don't know what the assignment is, but it's not good for these three guys. So it's time. You know, I think we need to say goodbye. If anyone wants to say a couple of words, a couple of things to remember, Brandon Drury, Sam Gavilio, and Daniel Vogelback. I guess if nobody else is going to come up, I say a quick couple things to these guys. Um, let's start with Sam. Sam, uh, anytime you were good, it was sort of like when Rudy was good. It was sort of the unexpected good, which made your good better than it should have been. Um, I hope you have enough money to live the rest of your life. Goodbye, Sam. Brandon, wow. I remember you killing us on opening day in 2018 when you were a Yankee, and then we got you in the trade for Jay Happ, and I was excited. I saw that for two years in Arizona, you had close to an 800 OPS. Not quite, but close. I was excited, and 
you're good looking, obviously. Obviously, life is about more than good looks, and you can't just strut in here looking like you look and expect that that's enough. I need, I need more than that, okay? I need... <clears throat> anyway, let's uh, move on from that. Vogi, uh, good luck going back to whatever swamp you're going to. I hope that it's okay on the broadcast when they said that you uh, had a Tony Gwynn-like potential. Uh, sounded like something that you say about somebody at their funeral. And, well, here we are. Thank you, David. Anybody else want... No, Jacob, why don't you go up? Jacob, go on. Okay, I guess I guess I'll say a couple of words here. I don't have anything flower, anything poetic, but uh, I'll start with you, uh, Brandon Drury. You know, you came here from the Yankees, and you were ridiculously good-looking. <laughs> I thought that because of that, eventually you'd have to hit. I thought, I thought you could be a star. I'll admit it. I thought you might be a star. Part of the J-Hap return, you have a nice arm at third, and I, I appreciated what you could contribute. I even remember you hitting a walk-off home run at the Rogers Center. That is nice. So, you know, you seem like the kind of guy that other teams would want to take a chance on, so good luck on your next team. And I hope that you stay good-looking, because that's... That's the best thing that you've got going for you. Um, goodbye. Sam Gaviglio. I don't know. Is it Gaviglio? Is it Gaviglio? I still don't know. You. I don't know how long you've been on this team. It feels like forever. You were with us when we sucked, and somehow you you started the most games, I think, for us in 2018 somehow. So you, you know, you weren't good, but you weren't bad. You... You you were bad, but you know we weren't good. So there's that. Um, now you came this year and you weren't good enough for us anymore. So you had to go. And you know, just like Drury, I'm sh- I'm sure some shit team will pick you up. So good luck with that, Daniel Vogelback. I don't know what happened, man. Like uh, we traded for you and you managed to fuck it up in like two plate appearances. So I don't know what you did. Or what we did. Maybe we had other plans. Maybe we were going to trade Rowdy to Les and keep you for some reason and nobody wanted Rowdy. Or maybe maybe we thought we could get you for money and turn you into somebody. Or I don't know. But you're huge. You are huge and maybe you can like cut down trees or something with that swing. You know, get an axe. Put, put that power to use because... I don't think you're going to hit baseballs for much longer. But that's that's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. Bye, 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 Vogue. That, that took a lot of strength and courage from you, and I want to applaud the bravery that uh, you showed. All right, well, I got, I got a final topic here. We'll wrap up the show on a little bit of outside Blue Jays baseball around the league. But in our division last night, we saw tensions rise in the Yankees-Rays game. Uh, ninth inning, Araldis Chapman was up, closing the game when he threw a 101 mile per hour fastball that went just over the head of Rays pinch hitter Mike Brasso. Um, Chapman then proceeded to strike out Brasso. He was on his way back to the dugout, giving a look at Chapman, wondering what was that all about. Here's some yelling, some chirping from the Yankees dugout. He turns back kind of in shock towards the Yankees dugout. 
he he's hearing some choice words and he starts talking back and the the bench is clear um so bench is clear we have some ejections kevin cash manager of the rays gets ejected yankees starter masahiro tanako had earlier in the game plunked joey wendell and cash thought that that was intentional but here's where it gets interesting after the game kevin cash says somebody has to be held accountable and the last thing i'll say is i got a whole damn stable of guys who throw 98 period so then Yankees manager is told that, I guess, in the, in the presser afterwards. And he says, a pretty scary comment. I don't think that's right at all, but I'm not going to get into it right now. There's a lot of blood, bad blood between these teams over the last couple of years. Yes. Now, I can't even imagine how scary it is to have a big jack dude like Araldis Chapman who throws missiles throw one oh like b- behind your head almost mm-hmm. like kind of over he behind. dodged it he dodged it it was coming at his head yeah which is terrifying and trash that's that probably side of like rage of Araldis Chapman that makes him fire guns off in his garage and Brasso didn't really react to it he looked like I, I imagine terrified but he didn't what I wish Brasso had done right there was just at that point just stood up for himself because he just sort of turtled away, walked away, let the team talk for him. And then once people surrounded him, he started jawing off at Chapman. But I mean, the, the comment by cash, that's like the, the great like arms race. Like you got nuclear weapons. I got nuclear weapons too. I got nuclear weapons galore. Yes. They got to do something. I mean, that's a terrifying statement i'm just gonna bring in some rocket launchers and start throwing at your guy's head yeah so what i don't understand like i don't maybe you know suspensions are probably happened this morning while we're recording it's twitter's probably lighting a fire about it and we have no idea but you have to you have to look at that and then you have to think about the bullshit with joe kelly where joe kelly gets suspended for eight games for for taunting the astros for making a face and and so <laughs> what are they going they got to give you got to give cash some game suspension for literally threatening the <laughs> like threatening the lives of the Yankees saying that we got a stable a whole damn stable of guys who throw 98 you think that they're going to suspend Chapman yeah i think so eight games mm, probably not probably probably not should be eight games. He's on your fantasy, so eight games sounds good to me. <laughs> um, but, but you can't like just there. There can't be like a, a bonus of games just because it was the Astros. Just because you're trying to stop, it has to still be. Look, there's bad blood between these two teams. He just tried to murder a guy. Eight games. Yeah. If the precedent is eight games. Then it should be eight games. I guess the 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 other thing that you have to think about is it's it's so complicated because. I see a lot of the side of Yankees fans who are like, are you kidding me? That was not intentional. It's the ninth inning. Our, our closer is up there. And why would, we put the t- why would we put the tying run on? That's such an old narrative, though. It might not be intentionally. He might not have been intentionally trying to hit him, but he might have been intentionally trying to send a message. Maybe he meant to throw it for, far enough away from him just to scare him, but 
it, you know, got a little bit closer. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, that's what you hear that every time. Every time something goes on, why would we try to hit somebody? Well, why did you? Well, <laughs> but every sometimes time, the, ball, the, the ball gets out of the hand. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like balls, balls do hit people all How the time. How often do you see a mistake fastball up by somebody's head that's a mistake? I don't know. How often do you see that? I don't think it happens like 1% of the time, maybe. Look, we don't know the numbers. All I know is that the Yankees had lost six games in a row. It's It would surprise me a little bit if Chapman was like, you know what, fuck these Rays. <laughs> you know, they didn't even do anything that game to just go up there and decide in the ninth the, the way to... The way to uh, I gotta send a message right now. Put the put the tying runner on the plate by throwing at this guy's head. He shot a gun off in his garage. <laughs> Why do you think he wouldn't do that? <laughs> he- okay, okay, that's a, that's a great trump card. <laughs> the, 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 the the reason I brought all of this up is because I actually I like that this happened. I don't like that he went for the head. I like yeah. the idea if he was going to hit him. <laughs> I got to say, I, I think that it is... Look, this season is really tough. The Yankees had lost six in a row. The The Tampa Bay Rays had won seven in a row. There are no fans in the stands. And when you're a New York Yankee and you don't have Yankee fans every day and you're losing, you got to do something to get the blood pumping of your guys. You got to get a reason for those guys to come in the next day and just want blood, want to win, just like band together as a team and 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 want to fight. So I you got to try to kill someone. It's true. You're right. You got to try to murder another human being just cuz you're not used to having no fans in the stands and you're millionaires <laughs> and you want to win. And who I'm, the not fuck is go for the head. Anyway. I'm not saying go so, for the head. I'm not saying go for the head. Murder somebody. I'm not saying go for the head. Yeah, but it's a it's a tricky it's a tricky game to play because if pitchers could throw the ball exactly where they wanted to every single time, baseball would be different. There wouldn't probably be many hits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you're gonna just try to hit someone in the back, but then it goes up ten inches to the head. You're playing a tricky game. Yeah. But I, I, that was intentional to me. Right. I've seen Chapman. We've all watched Chapman pitch a bunch. We're in the AL East. We've seen Chapman a bunch. Mm-hmm. He does not miss like that. I don't know about that. He throws a lot of high but fastballs. Also, okay, but here's another thing. Chapman, at this point in his career, doesn't hit 101 very often anymore. He's like 99. He'll touch 100, 98, 97 even. He geared up for that. He threw 101. Yeah. Yeah, he did. <laughs> threw it really hard. <laughs> and uh, today's going to be interesting. It's going to be a yeah. it's going to be an exciting game and, and I think that, you know, the guy who shoots guns off in his uh, garage uh he's looking to to fire up his team and you know the only way that he knows how well, don't do it right before we have to play them for 10 games, for Christ's sakes. I mean, maybe this whole thing, you lose Chapman, and then maybe Beanball Parade happens, a bunch of Yankees get hurt. Oh, I don't wish for this to happen, but, you know. Yeah. Just looking for the silver linings, looking for the merry weather. Oh, there it is. There it is, <laughs> bringing it all back. Well, we're going to bring it all back for you tomorrow because um, we're done for today. Blue Jays. 
go for the split tonight. It's a short series with the Marlins. We got we got our boy Hunjin Ryu on the mound tonight. Uh, let's 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 get a nice seven innings. Shut him down. Let's get the bats going. Um, we we're going up against Sixto Sanchez, um, Marlins flame throwing rookie, who. I did pick up on fantasy, so tonight's going to be a bit of an interesting game. I've I've also got Hunjin Ryu going. To, I've got the two. Somebody has to do well, he would think. So <laughs> I actually ten ten in the third. Yeah. 